2: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. It is May 10th, 2021. Your boy Q here with you, and hopefully you had a really, really good Mother's Day. Uh, Everyone had a very positive, safe Mother's Day as well, uh, but was able to show that love to moms and wife and whatever the case may be. Hopefully, just like I said, had a really, really good Mother's Day. But we're here to start off another week, talk some Raiders football. Uh, Very excited about the shows we had last week and very excited about the shows that I anticipate having this week. Before I get into it, I do want to let you know that today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your next order. And of course, I'll tell you more about Built Bar later on in the show. But coming up on the show, segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. On Friday's show, I had some of the calls and texts. I think it was about four of them total. I had a couple calls and a couple texts. I had that in segment number one just because I didn't have any other time. I didn't have any time in segment number two or three to put calls and so, I didn't want to ignore them. So, that's why I put them in uh, segment number one. Had a couple people reach out to me and ask why I was doing that. Uh, it wasn't that I was doing that like a permanent change, it was just something that I was trying to make sure I got a couple calls in. So, coming up on today's show in segment number three, you'll get calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Segment number two, I'm going to respond to Warren Sharp. He had some criticism of the Raiders draft picks and in particular in the secondary. And this was actually brought to my attention by a listener of the show uh, at pitts 73 on Twitter and uh, sent me a, a tweet and sent me this video and it's about two minutes long. So I'll let you hear what Warren Sharp has to say. And then I'll respond to that. Give you some facts on some of the draft picks that he's talking about and then just go from there. So that's going to come up in segment number two. Just know we'll be talking about draft picks that the Raiders have had in the past years and, uh, you know basically talking about the secondary and then here in segment number one just want to give you the news and the notes collected over the weekend and trust me there is a lot of news and notes to get to from over the weekend really started rolling out on friday so off top, I had told you on Friday's show that uh, the Raiders were going to be one of three teams that were holding their rookie minicamps. The Raiders, the Jets, and the Colts were all holding their rookie minicamps. Well, come to find out what the Raiders did, and this is according to Vinny Bonsignor from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, he actually put out a tweet saying, just a FYI, Raiders rookie draft class doesn't actually get to town until next week as it relates to rookie minicamp this weekend. It's only undrafted free agents and some tryout prospects. So uh, the Raiders were the only team that did that. The Jets actually had all their rookies in camp but the Raiders only had undrafted free agents and some tryout prospects because I guess there was only about a 20 person limit that you were allowed to have. So instead of having those guys and their rookie class, they decided just to put the rookie class uh, the following weekend. So the rookies have not actually appeared in Henderson and there's nothing to talk about as far as what they were able to do. But a bunch of undrafted free agents and some tryout guys were actually able to get some action in over the weekend. Also on Friday, the Raiders actually sent out an email about their official undrafted free agent signings because there's been a lot of different rumblings. I saw a lot of guys that they had signed following the draft that were undrafted free agents, and then there was a couple more that were added to the list. Well, they sent out 10. They sent out an email of 10 guys that officially were signed by the Raiders, so I'll go through those really quickly. Matt Bushman, the tight end for BYU. Uh, Sean Crawford, cornerback from Notre Dame. Garrett Groschick, the running back from Wisconsin. Devery Hamilton, tackle from Duke. TJ Morrison, cornerback from Stony Brook, Trey Ragus, uh, running back from Louisiana, Uh, linebacker Max Richardson from Boston College, defensive tackle Darius Steels from West Virginia, Uh, wide receiver Dylan Stoner from uh, Oklahoma State, and then wide receiver DJ Turner from Pittsburgh. And a quick little note, one, I'm excited about Darius Steels. I really am. That's the the one guy that I'm pretty fired up about. I know some are uh, pretty excited about Ragus. Uh, I think that's how you say his name. The running back from uh, Louisiana. I'm not 100% sure. I know some people are fired up about him. Some fired up about uh, Matt Bushman, the tight end. I'm fired up about Darius Stills. I think he could become a player. I think he's a guy that could really make the squad and, uh, and do something and, and actually have some kind of opportunity to get out there and, and perform a little bit. I think he's a really, really good player coming out of West Virginia. Uh, Dylan Stoner, the wide receiver out of Oklahoma State, really, really good wide receiver. He is. I, I don't know if he's a practice squad guy or what. I don't think that there's gonna, he's going to bump anybody from the roster currently but I do know he's a really good wide receiver so he's another guy to pay attention to and then DJ Turner the wide receiver from Pittsburgh he's only five foot nine 206 pounds I'm actually going to have him on the show sometime this week for sure I've already been in touch with his people we've been emailing back and forth with each other so we're just trying to lock in a time and a date and uh, he'll be on the show so you'll be able to hear from DJ Turner sometime this week for sure. The NFL put out a statement on a Friday about teams conducting their training camps off-site. Last year, it was all at their practice facilities and at their actual stadiums that they were allowed to do work because of COVID-19. Well, this year, they're allowing you to go off-site. But according to Vinny Bonsignor, the Raiders are actually going to stay in Henderson. And you know, for years, they would always be in Napa. You know, when the team was playing, and, or not playing, but practicing in Alameda when their facility was in Alameda, they'd always go to Napa for training camp, which was really, really nice. But they are not going to do that. They uh, did really really well with having their training camp. At least they feel like the plan went really well when they had their training camp in Henderson. So they're going to go ahead and continue to do that. And I think it's a good idea. You know, just stay, stay close, stay close to home. Uh, Don't have any problems with traveling and all that. I mean, really, the Raiders just need to figure out how to get down and get busy and get working. You know what I mean? And get these guys all on the same page and figure out how you can get the most out of this year's rookie class. And also, take the rookie class from last year and see how you can get more out of them, a lot more out of them than what you got the rookie year. So I think staying home close to home is a a lot makes a lot more sense just allows these guys to get comfortable and where they're at and what they're doing and again the most important thing is they all have got to be on the same page and they've got to get a lot more production out of the young guys more production than they did in 2020 and how about this nice little nugget that comes by way of Forbes the Raiders are the 29th most valuable sports franchise in the world at 3.1 billion dollars again that's according to Forbes and no I didn't say the 29th most valuable team In the NFL, as there's only 32 of them, I said most valuable sports franchise in the world. The team's value has skyrocketed 117% in the last five years. Obviously, tons of that has to do with the Vegas relocation. And when you get a new stadium built, your value always goes up. Now you also take into consideration, not only did they get a new stadium, but they relocated to Vegas. So uh, all that had a lot to do with them increasing their value. But they are the 29th most valuable sports franchise in the world, 3.1%. Billion dollars. So whenever you hear that oh the Raiders are poor, the Raiders ain't worth nothing, the Raiders this or that, uh, know that that's false. <laughs> All right, know that that is absolutely false. And please believe that's just going to continue to grow. And next year the draft's going to be there in Las Vegas, so a lot of that is going to go to the value of the franchise. And when the Super Bowl actually hits in Las Vegas as well, that's also going to uh, drive the value of the Raiders up as well. I mean it's just going to continue to go up and up and up. So uh, the move for many different reasons to Vegas, was a good move for the Raiders as far as getting a stadium, the value of the team increasing. Uh, Mark Davis, there's one thing you can say about it. There's a lot of things you can say about Mark Davis. The one thing you can't say is he's a dumb business guy because he's not. He absolutely knows what he's doing as far as a business standpoint. Now, he's not a football guy, which is why he put football guys in place to go ahead and handle the franchise and take them to where they need to be getting into the playoffs and taking a shot at the Super Bowl. He's not that guy, but he is a really smart Businessman, and I mentioned how much the the Raiders franchise has skyrocketed in the last five years, right? One hundred seventeen percent. Well, the three big U.S. franchise gainers over the last five years: the Rams, they're up one hundred seventy six percent. The Warriors up 147%, and then the Raiders there at 117%, so so there you go. The Rams, they recently moved and got a brand new stadium, that beautiful stadium there that they share with the Chargers, but we all know that that's the Rams stadium. The Warriors, winners, and oh, by the way, just got a brand new uh, arena there in San Francisco, and then the Raiders, who obviously have Allegiant Stadium, but the Rams, recently in the Super Bowl. The Warriors won championships. The Raiders haven't had a whole lot of success, haven't even made the playoffs. Can you imagine how much the, the, the value of the franchise would go up if they were actually winning at the same time as well, if they were consistently making the playoffs, if they were legit shot at a Super Bowl. They they would be then the value of that team would go up and up and up. So, again, it's year four of John Gruden. You know, the thoughts are that he's got to make the playoffs, right? It's got to be playoffs or bust. I thought that's what it was last year. It didn't happen, so now, well, you got to double down and say, okay, well, it's got to be playoffs or bust this year. You know what I mean? Every year that goes by that John Gruden doesn't make the playoffs, man, all of a sudden that temperature gets hotter and hotter and hotter and I'm not ever going to say that he's on a hot seat because I don't think he is. I think there'll be other guys that take the fall well before John Gruden never takes a fall, but that seat gets warmer and warmer and warmer for somebody every year that goes by that the Raiders don't make the playoffs. So that's all I got for you for news and notes here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear from Warren Sharp, his criticism of the Raiders draft picks, in in particular the secondary over the last three, four, five years. And uh, you'll hear the the tweet from pit 73 and then you'll get my response. That's all coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the show. And the first one is Nugenics. And Raider fans, listen up. Nugenix is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC. They're offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. If you want to get your bottle of Nugenix Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by testosterone, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text Draft to 231231. That's draft to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ad says, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason why Nugenics is the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It's because it works. I also want to tell you about Bet Online. Dot AG. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Of course, baseball's in full effect. The NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, all that is going on right now. What you need to do is go on to betonline.ag. You could use your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines. Get into the game. This is your chance right now. Again, go to the website using your mobile device or your laptop and sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, betonline.ag. you got to use the promo code On so you make sure you get that 50% welcome bonus. Again, betonline.ag, promo code Locked On. They are your online sportsbook experts. Segment number two, it's up next.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to break down the Raiders draft and their drafts that they've had in the past few years and really just focus on the secondary. And the reason why we're going to focus on the secondary, because this is what Warren Sharp is going to be talking about. He's going back through some of the Raiders drafts and talking about their, their secondary picks and why they're not working out and the fact that they aren't working out and how it's basically like it's not getting any better. And uh, he's very, very critical of the team. And look, some of it is warranted. I I will be the first to say, and I've said it multiple times, the Raiders have had a lot of different draft capital and they haven't had a whole lot to show for it. I've been the first to say that. But you can also... Any kind of narrative that you want to fit, you can you can dance it up, and you could dress it up, and you can put lipstick on a pig. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different things that you can do if you want to kind of um, make your narrative fit. And so that's kind of what he's doing in this situation. So I'm going to let you hear what he has to say. And really, I got this uh, from at pit 73 on, tw- on Twitter. He sent this to me, and he said, Q, a major topic you could point out or have a full segment to on the show. Raiders process on the secondary. Nobody spent more draft capital on the secondary than the Raiders the last five years, yet it's still pretty bad. Something is broken with the talent evaluation within that building. Analytics expert Warren Sharp had some fantastic and humbling points. One silver lining is Gus Bradley and Ron Miles now get to work with them, but the talent evaluation people are still in the building. Something's broken. So, without any saying anything else about it, I'm going to let you hear what Warren Sharp had to say about the Raiders and their secondary.
0: Warren Sharp here. I want to talk about the draft for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, look, the Raiders have a problem. Their secondary is terrible. So, they thought they would go out and address this problem. But here's the issue their process is unchanged from what it's been in the past, and their process is bad. So until you fix the process, the results aren't going to change. And here's what I mean by that. The Las Vegas Raiders have spent more draft capital in the secondary than any other team over the prior five years. If you look at the draft picks that they've selected, they selected four picks in the first round, most in the NFL, six in the first two rounds, most in the NFL, 10 in the first four rounds, most in the NFL. They've invested a ton of draft capital into drafting players in the secondary. So do they have a good secondary? No, they don't. Look at the secondary rankings. 2017, 31st, then 32nd in 2018, then 31st again in 2019, and last year, 26th. This secondary has been terrible, yet they keep spending draft capital in the secondary. It doesn't work out for them. So maybe they got a different idea right this year. Maybe they're going to try to tackle it differently. Nope. Same exact approach. Four of their first six picks were on the secondary. They only had seven total picks. So they spent four of seven on the secondary two of which they traded up to get players okay, they traded up so they lost to other picks so they could go up at the board and get these players in the secondary the process needs to be better talent evaluation i don't know if they've changed anything but their talent evaluators who are looking at these players in the secondary is abysmal it's been abysmal for several years now and if that went unchanged and they spent a ton of draft capital and basically drafted almost nothing but Alex Leatherwood and a bunch of guys in the secondary. This is a big problem for the Raiders in terms of what they're going to get out of this draft class and how they're going to be able to improve their team. I don't understand why they keep going after so many guys in the secondary that cannot play football very well. I don't know who's evaluating that talent specifically, but they have to do a better job if the Raiders are going to hope to fix the secondary and have better success in the future. So
2: there it is. You heard Warren Sharp right there talking about the Raiders secondary, and he's going back five years. So if you go back five years, that's going all the way back to 2017. You can't put any of that on John Gruden. John Gruden wasn't around in 2017. He didn't start until 2018. So, he goes back to 2017. Those, the, the, the people in the secondary that the Raiders drafted in 2017, cornerback Garyon Conley, first round. We all know how that worked out. Safety, Obi-Mellon in round two. And then safety, Shalom Luwani. I think that was in the fifth round or something. Either way, those are the three guys. First and second round, they they put high draft capital. Uh, I don't think too many people in Raider Nation believed that Garyon Conley was going to be a good player. I know I didn't. But either way, that was Reggie McKenzie, and the Raiders came in 31st of 2017. If you remember, On Conley didn't even play, and or hardly any, and then Obi-Mellon Fonwu hardly played, and Shalom Wuluwani really wasn't even ever on the field. But either way, that was just a total bad draft in 2017, no doubt about it. So John Gruden returns to 2018. There was one person in the secondary that he drafted, and that was Nick Nelson. And I think that was a, a fourth-round draft pick they, they spent on Nick Nelson, and he was injured. I remember I liked that pick because he, was, he got banged up in the draft process. And so I thought it was a steal because he was a guy that a lot of people talked about in the first or second round. They ended up getting him in the fourth round. Now, it never worked out with Nick Nelson. He never ended up being that guy, but they got him in the fourth round. So I'm not too mad at that because that was a fourth-round pick that they took a shot at. 2018, they came in 32nd, like Warren said, in in the secondary as far as their, their pass coverage. Now, this is when it gets real. 2019, okay, of course the Raiders had the three first-round picks in 2019, and safety Jonathan Abram was picked, cornerback Trayvon Mullen was picked, and then quarterback Isaiah Johnson. Trayvon Mullen is a starter, okay? He's a starter, and he's a pretty, pretty good player. Can he improve? Absolutely. Safety Jonathan Abram, now he missed his whole rookie year, and then... You know, last year he played and he was, he was okay. He had his moments that he was, he was better than, than some. And then he had moments where he was really bad, you know, but again, that was basically his first year. So, okay. They were 31st of 2019. Jonathan Abram didn't play except for one half a game and Trayvon Mullen, didn't start the whole season. Isaiah Johnson was banged up most of that season. So I mean, again, you could talk about the evaluations and you could talk about the players, and you could say that it's not working, and the the uh, the talent that they're 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 evaluating and they're drafting, they're not working. But also, these guys aren't really even getting onto the field. Twenty twenty, when they came in twenty six, which actually is the best that they've done in in four or five years. They had Damon Arnett. Well, we all know Damon Arnett was a first round pick and he didn't get on the field very much. You know, he was on and off the field because he was banged up. He either had concussions, he had COVID, he had a, you know, messed up arm or wrist or whatever. I mean, He he had all kind of issues going on, so he didn't really get to play that much. And then Ameek Robertson was a fourth round pick that they didn't get an opportunity to even get on the field very much. And when he did get on the field, then boom, it, it, you know, it, it, he wasn't very successful. But again, they only put him on the field here and there they didn't really put him on very much so yeah I could say that they've invested a ton into the secondary they have I mean hell you can go all the way back to 2016 if you want to with safety Carl Joseph he was a first round pick and we all know how that worked out he ended up walking going to the Browns and now he's back but I mean you look at some of the dudes on, on on there you know again 2016 and 2017 I don't put on John Gruden at all because he wasn't with the team 2018 was only a fourth round pick not a big deal 2019 Jonathan Abram, you know, there's a lot on him this year. He's got to step his game up. Gus Bradley's there now. He's looking at him. How can he evaluate him and how can he break him down where, okay, this is how he's going to be effective. That's going to be his job. Trayvon Mullen, is he going to hold down that starting spot? Is it going to be Casey Hayward and him? Or is it going to be Damon Arnett and Casey Hayward? Or is it, you know, I mean, who's going to who's going to man the the outside corners? That's going to be something that's going to be a battle in in training camp, which is good. I think that they have that competition. Isaiah Johnson, we've seen flashes from him, but again, again, a guy who wasn't even really a, a a corner for a long time. You know, he was a wide receiver for a very long time and then converted the corner, and they took him in the fourth round of 2019. So again, a fourth round pick, you take him in the fourth round, cool. That means that you feel like he's got some talent, but he's obviously got a lot of room to grow. 2020, the, the real pressure is on Damon Arnett. You know, the former first-round draft pick. Amik Robertson, I don't put a whole lot on him. I think that he can man the slot position, but we'll see. You know, it's still a wait-to-see situation. So, uh, again, I don't – I see all the secondary that has been drafted – But I feel like there's reasons for them either being successful or not being successful. Now, you fast forward to 2021, this year. Safety Trayvon Merrick, I think he's going to be a really good player. I honestly believe that he's going to be in the running for defensive player of the year, or defensive rookie of the year, excuse me. Uh, I think he has that much ability where he's going to be that good on that back end of this Gus Bradley defense. Now, how about defensive back Divine Diablo? He's not even going to be a defensive back. He's going, he's moving to the weak side linebacker. So, you can look at him as, yes, they drafted him in the secondary, but he's going up to play the linebacker position. He's playing the weak side. Safety Tyree Gillespie, again, a later round draft pick. He's a guy that, you know, could potentially get out there and play, but he's also going to be a special teams dude. And then quarterback Nate Hobbs. I think he has an opportunity to, to, uh, you know, compete with Amik Robertson for that slot position, because as we know, the Raiders haven't been able to cover the slot. So I, I look at these guys and I see the talent there. So I don't think it's as doom as gloom as Warren Sharp breaks it down. But again, he's coming from an analytics point of view. So he's just looking at the, okay, they ranked 26 in pass passing defense. They ranked 31st in passing defense, 32nd. There's a lot of elements though that go into play. You know, even going again, going all the way back to 2017, Mellon Fonwu and Conley were the most banged up guys ever. I mean, that's why I called Mellon Fonwu Bigfoot because you always heard about him being so talented, but you never ever saw him on the field because he was always banged up. And the first time you saw him on the field, he wasn't even playing safety. They put him against the Patriots at corner (laughs) and he got torched. But again, what did you expect? You know, and, and, and Conley, He's not on a team right now. Mellon Fonwu may be on a practice squad, or he might be floating around the league somewhere, but he's not really a contributor. And Luani, well, I mean, he was like a big special teams guy in Seattle for a little while, but that's really about it. So I think that these guys have opportunities, especially the ones that have been drafted since 2019. Obviously, Nick Nelson's gone, but 2019 on, I think these guys have opportunity to still be contributors. They just got to have the right guys in place. So yes. Uh, Going back to the tweet from my guy uh, at Pitt73, the silver lining is Gus Bradley and Ron Miles now get to work with these guys. I think they'll get the most out of them, and I think that that's why they did go and draft so many guys in the secondary this year because – Gus Bradley and Ron Milas looked at it and said, hey, some of these guys aren't going to cut it. Some of these guys can't do what we need them to do to be a successful defense. We are going to have to restock. And there's one thing that Steve Cofield from ESPN Las Vegas said to me one time when we were talking about draft picks and if the Raiders go and make a big trade and get some draft capital, and I said, yeah, but it really doesn't matter, man. They've had five first-round draft picks, and they haven't really had a whole lot to show for it. And he said, yeah, you're right, but that doesn't mean you stop drafting, which is true. I mean, you know, just because you're you're not really as successful as you want to be in what you're doing doesn't mean that you quit. You know, what I mean, you don't just quit getting guys in the secondary because well, you've already drafted enough. If they're not working, you go and get other guys. You go and get other guys, and you, you bring them into the squad, and you hope that they work. Because again, there's no reason to try to keep beating a a, a dead horse. You know, it's no no reason to keep trotting a guy out there that's just not getting it done. At least go get some new talent, give yourself an opportunity, and. I do believe that the talent evaluation in the building, which again is not the same since 2017 either, there's been turnover in the building, so you can't really lump them all together and say, "Oh well, all these guys, the talent evaluators are still in the same building." No, I mean Gruden and Mayock are, are the same ones, same guys, but there's been turnover in the building as far as uh, you know uh, scouts and stuff. So that that's also a, a kind of a false statement. So there's things that he said in that statement analytically, that are correct. But I don't think that it's fair to just lump some everything together and everyone together and just say, oh, this is a failing product. I don't quite think that. I think if you take a deeper dive and really look into the team and look at what was successful and what went wrong, I think that you get a better idea of who these guys are instead of just, like I said, looking at numbers and saying, oh, well, they stink. And hey, look, last year they were 26. That's the best that they've been. You know, and all the years he's talking about, that's the best that they've been. And that was under Paul Gunther and and his staff that he had. So I'm assuming with Gus Bradley and company, they're going to be a lot better. Gus Bradley, one thing about him, his defenses don't give up a lot of big plays. And that's something that the Raiders did is give up a bunch of big plays, especially later in the season when they blew a couple games. So again, I'm not trying to 100% defend the Raiders and just say, oh, no, this guy's 100% wrong. But It's a little bit of give and take. You know what I mean? It's just it's not all as easy as he just rolled it out and just said all the everyone in the building's a failure. Basically that's what he said. Everyone in the building's a failure. All the talent evaluation stinks. I don't look at it like that. I just think that it's been Different situations for each and every one of these guys that I went through, going all the way back to Carl Joseph in 2016, a guy who was injured when they drafted him. Remember, he had come off a a torn ACL there at West Virginia. So uh, that's really all I got on that. Um, I I, I appreciate Warren Sharp, and I appreciate the analytics side of things, but analytics don't always tell the 100% story. Sometimes you've got to take a deeper dive, and it's harder for those guys that are national that don't really pay attention to the team as much as we pay attention to the team. You know, people that cover the team on the daily and, and always kind of like looking into each and every game and watching every game and really trying to, you know, break down what went wrong here and there instead of just looking at a box score and looking at rankings as far as offensive defense goes. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text straight off that Locked On Raiders podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar and There's only a handful of flavors right now. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. They've been selling so many that they're down to those nine flavors. So if those are one of your flavors or a couple of your flavors, or maybe you haven't even tried them yet, and you're like, well, I wouldn't mind trying a couple of each. Well, how about you go and get the mix box where you'll get two of each one of those flavors. You'll get 18 total bars, two of each of those flavors that I just mentioned to you right there, and you'll get a great taste and treat, 100% covered in chocolate, soft, easy to chew. I like to put them in the fridge, but you don't have to. Either way you look at it, uh, you can get the hookup on a really good-tasting uh, protein bar. So uh, go check it out right now, BuiltBar.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order just like that. LOCK15, BuiltBar.com to get you 15% off your order. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 is going to get you 15% off at BuiltBar.com.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, your team, Every day.
2: Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and text straight off that Locked On podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number. First call up today is 209-Cocaine Raider. He's calling to give a little bit of reasoning behind the selection of Clee Ferrell and Alex Leatherwood. Basically, it's a what-if scenario. Here he is, 209-Cocaine Raider.
3: What up, Q? It's 209-Cocaine Raider coming to you from the Valley of the Sun. I have something for you and all Raider Nation to chew on. Everyone said we reached on Cleef and now Leatherwood. And you guys might be right, but please just hear me out. If Mike Mayock was still at NFL Network, evaluating talent, doing his own projections, his own mock drafts, do you think that maybe everyone else might have had these guys hired on their boards also? i um, not saying that the Cleef Farrell or the Abrams or even the Arnett picks have, have worked out yet, but all I'm saying is I think we should step back and really, really think about these projections and these mock drafts because, let's be honest, Mike Mayock was one of the founders of mock drafts. So, in my opinion, if he was still doing that job, having these opinions about these different players, other mocks would reflect his mock because he was that well known. Anyways, your thoughts. Let me know, Raider Nation. Stay strong. Uh thoughts and prayers to Obi Wan Raider. Hope everything's going good. I heard last I heard. Up and up. Great, great news. Uh keep on keeping on what you're doing, Q. Hopefully see you in Vegas soon. 209 Token Raider out. Just win, baby.
2: There he goes. Good call, my man. Thank you. I appreciate you. And, you know, maybe if Mayock was on TV, it would have been a little different. But, I mean, it just – it ultimately really doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you're going to hear – Whatever you're going to hear from anyone who wants to put it out there. You know, of course, I had my feelings. Other people have their feelings. I mean, it, it just, it is what it is. Uh, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. The Raiders got the guys that they wanted. They are very adamant about getting the guys they wanted. Ever since mayox has been with the Raiders, they've gone and gotten their guys. No matter who it was and no matter where it was, they've always gotten their guys. And it doesn't matter if I agree with them or anyone else agrees with them. They're going to do what they, they want to do. The one thing I'll say that I think is the positive is they got two starters, out of their first two picks. They got Leatherwood, who they said is a starting at right tackle day one, and Trayvon Merrick, who's going to be a starting free safety day one. If anyone else could emerge as a, as a starter, that's really gravy. I would love to have seen them get, you know, three bona fide starters, but if they can get two and maybe have some competition for a third starting position, I think that that's a positive. So I'm hoping that Leatherwood works out at the right tackle position. They don't have to kick him inside the guard because then if you if they do keep him at tackle and he's, and he's there and he's very successful – then boom, you're cooking with grease and you're not worried about where anybody got drafted from. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up is a quick text from Jazzy Jeff from the Bay. He's actually the one that hit us up and said that Alex Leatherwood was going to be the guy that the Raiders were really, really high on and said Gruden was high on, said that he's got a a buddy that he plays Call of Duty with. And I said, oh, Leatherwood won't go in the first round, not at 17. He might go in round two, but he won't be the first round guy. Well, shows what I know. They got him in the first round. Anyway, here's Jazzy Jeff. He's back with a text. He says, what's up, Q? Jazzy Jeff from the Bay with some intel. Week one, Will be against the Ravens in Las Vegas. So Jazzy Jeff is calling his shot again. He's saying that the Ravens and will be in Las Vegas, the opening day opponent for the Raiders. And uh, you know the schedule does come out this week on the twelfth. So we'll obviously be breaking it all down. So just a couple days away, we'll know the whole schedule, not just one game, but the whole schedule. So we'll see if Jazzy Jeff is right. Baltimore in Las Vegas, week one. That should be a heck of a game. Uh, I do believe we know the the seventeenth game of the season is in Las Vegas against the Chicago Bears. That's that extra game on the schedule, so there's a couple games right there if Jazzy does prove to be correct. So thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Cy Reezy from the Bay. He's calling to talk about last week's shows and also brings up a fact about a pretty huge stat about the Raiders draft. Here he is, Cy Reezy from the Bay.
1: What up, Q? Raider Nation, it's your boy Cy Reezy from the Bay. And, uh, yeah, really good shows this week. Really like learning about all the different players, some of them that I had no idea about. And, um, you know, I think we got a much better picture of who the Raiders actually drafted. And I'm uh um, thank you for not really diving into some of the low-hanging fruit that's been talked about right now with Aaron Rodgers and all that madness. But on that note, though, there is something that's not really being talked about enough. And that's the fact that the Raiders actually made history in this draft in 2021 because it's the first time in franchise history that they did not draft a skill player. Now, that's kind of surprising to me because I know all the talk has been about how we needed to, you know, Raiders needed to go out and rebuild the defense and that was going to be the focus and they need to fix the offensive line and rebuild that back up and get all that. But it's a pretty significant thing for a number of reasons. One, because if in 60 years of, of history they've never done that before and all of a sudden now they do, that's that's big in and in itself. But second, because I think – if you look at what championship teams do, they never stop building. And let's be honest, nobody can really look at the Raiders' skill positions and say that it's done, uh, especially if you look at, like, the wide receiver room, for example. I mean, you've got some high-potential starters in Ruggs and Edwards, some good depth behind them, a role player in, in Hunter Renfro, but by no means should that have stopped them from going out into what was a historically deep wide receiver draft and picked up some talent that could help the team. I mean, that's what championship teams do. I mean, it never stopped the Chiefs from drafting Nicole Harden when they had a bunch of other receivers, or just now they drafted Cornell Powell. Shouldn't stop the Raiders either. And this year was so deep at that position. I mean, just look at the Senior Bowl. A couple of years ago, it was like Terry McLaurin and nobody else. This year, I mean, the, the, it was so loaded from top to bottom that you could have easily found a contributor at just about every round in the draft. So that said, I think they did accomplish what they set out to do in terms of they really committed to go out and get players that their coaches wanted. And you look at the players they selected, you know, Alex Leatherwood, say what you want about him. He is 100% a Tom Cable guy. Um, The players that they picked up on defense, 100% guys that Gus Bradley would be looking at. So I think they did that. They showed that commitment. They saw that strategy through. But at the same time, it does make me wonder if that was a bit of a miss because they could have picked up some some players that could help them out on the offense as well. So anyway, that's all I got. That's my thought. What do you think?
2: I think it was a really good call, Cyreezy. Appreciate you, my man. It's always good to hear from you. And clearly the Raiders were 100% dedicated to giving Bradley what he wanted on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, that was something that's been an issue and it's something that they addressed. And they went hot and heavy after it. They obviously went and got their right tackle immediately. Then they said, all right, Uh, We're going to make sure that you have everything you need to get this defense turned around. And you see the players that you have right now to work with. And if you need some more help, we're going to go out there and get it for you because we want this thing fixed immediately. So, Uh, where it would have been really good to see them grab a couple skill position players, and I'm actually surprised that they didn't. But ultimately, like you said, man, the defense getting that thing where it needs to be was the number one goal. You saw how much they actually dedicated in free agency to defense, and then you saw all the draft capital that they used on defense as well. So they're trying to get that fixed, that big elephant in the room. Can the offense continue to grow? Absolutely. That offense should always continue to grow, but you can't draft everybody, (laughs) you know, and that's why really good teams have the opportunity just draft the best player available but when you're and i hate to say it when you're kind of desperate like the raiders were they had to be more focused they had to be more targeted and that's what they were that's why you saw uh trade-ups that's why you see them actually lose some draft capital as they moved up in the draft to target certain guys they were looking for a certain look a certain type of player that could be used by gus bradley on this defense and of course special teams as well next up i got a text from d he says hey q I know you're avoiding all the Rodgers nonsense, but what do all of those in the nation clamoring for this think will happen the minute something doesn't go his way? All the rumors are that Aaron Rodgers has been unhappy since they cut a guy last year and went downhill from there. Do people honestly think that there won't be any headbutton between him and Gruden? Aaron Rodgers seems temperamental and not easy to please, just ask his family. Seriously, folks, I understand temptation, but I also know how to appreciate what you got. Keep grinding, Q. Thanks. That's from D. And yeah, there's multiple reasons why I haven't really touched on this Aaron Rodgers situation. One, I just don't think that it's even reasonable conversation. I don't think that it's something that uh, is realistic for the Raiders. And I think that a lot of Raider Nation may be getting their hopes up for something that's not going to happen. I just don't think that the Raiders have the draft capital or the, the capital in general. I don't think they have enough skill position players and draft capital to send to Green Bay to get a guy like Aaron Rodgers. And then if you do that. Then what do you have left? You know, then all of a sudden your your roster is gutted. My big concern is if the Broncos get them. The Broncos get them, man. That's that's a game changer. I mean, and look, I'll tell you what. I think that Aaron Rodgers, who is very temperamental, is a guy that would probably work really well with John Gruden. I think that they would challenge each other, similar to what Rich Gannon did back in the day. But. Uh, again, I, I just don't think that it's something that's realistic. That's why I have not talked about. It. I just kind of I've been asked about it multiple times on different radio shows, and I just keep you know brushing it off. Like I just don't see it happening, so I don't think that it's anything for me to even bring to the table. Now something comes up, and all of a sudden, you know, June first hits, and, and there's conversation that the Raiders are are possibly a team that's looking to trade. Well, then we'll start talking about it. But until then, it's just. It just seems like offseason conversation that's not really going to go anywhere as far as the Raiders. I don't think he ends up going anywhere. I think he's in, he stays in Green Bay, but that's just me. So uh, that's all I got time for on today's show. Still got a call from Cisco in the 661, a text from Avant Raider, a call from Chef Raider in the 860, and a text from JC Raider from Southern Cali. I got all those I'll have on tomorrow's show. We'll have more news and notes of the day, and we'll have more conversation. And at some point... Uh, this week, I'll also be talking to DJ Turner, the wide receiver out of Pittsburgh, undrafted free agent signed by the Raiders, uh, talk about what he brings to the table and, uh, you know, what his opportunity looks like in the silver and black. So that's all coming up this week and, and also on tomorrow's show as well. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, do what you got to do, love on your family, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.